I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And today we're taking a virtual trip around the world to visit Tokyo. Yes. So, um, a few uh, facts that I had uh, pre-prepared about <laughs> Tokyo. Uh, the capital of Japan is actually the most uh, populous metropolitan area in the world, with more than 37 million residents making up the greater Tokyo area as of 2020. Uh, but its, its huge size isn't necessarily what makes Tokyo so unique. That would be the blend of tradition seamlessly intersecting with the ultra-modern, as visitors can stroll amid serene shrines and peaceful gardens one minute, and then be naturally surrounded by futuristic skyscrapers, rowdy karaoke bars, and neon-lit arcades the next. Yes, it's truly a city like no other, and the eyes of the world are likely to be firmly on it this summer as it hosts the delayed 2021 Olympic Games. Yes, so uh, to discuss the city as well as as well as those games and and kind of everything that's been happening in in recent times, as well as her love for the city, uh, we've got another Lucy. Uh, we've got <laughs> we've got travel writer Lucy Damon. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy and James. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. A little bit nervous, but I'm excited. Oh, uh, don't be at all uh you know um we're quite nice <laughs> yes yeah we won't bite at all um, uh yeah and and huge thanks for joining us all the way from tokyo as well yeah no worries like i said well like we were saying earlier in the chat there's nothing to do after eight right now so I, this is the most excitement i've had in a long time in the evening so thank you <laughs> it's great to hear welcome. that cool So to explain the format today, we're going to explore the past, present and future of Tokyo, discussing what makes the city so unique, life outside of COVID-19, how Tokyo's residents have responded to the events of the last year and what travellers can expect to do when they return. For context, we're recording this in late February and a number of areas in the country, including Tokyo, are currently in a state of emergency with tougher restrictions coming into effect in early January. Travellers from many countries are currently barred from entering Japan, including the United States and Great Britain, unless there are exceptional circumstances. So with that covered, let's discuss all things Tokyo.
In this first section, we're going to look at Tokyo outside of the context of the current pandemic and get a taste for what the city is like in more normal times.、Uh, so, so, Lucy, I wanted to kind of start with、um, obviously, you're, you're from Australia originally, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, and、uh, like, when did you move to Tokyo and why? I moved to Tokyo in the summer, Tokyo summer of 2016, which is the same summer as you, like June, July. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I moved from Melbourne, but I'm originally from like super country town.、Um, and mm-hmm, I, came, mm-hmm. I came here, I've been asked this question so many times, and I've never sat down to give it a, <laughs> a good answer, right? But essentially, I had a little bit of a quarter life crisis in Australia. Nothing too dramatic,、mm-hmm. I just didn't know what I was going to do anymore. So I'd been to Japan on vacation a couple of times, and I thought maybe I'll just come here, take like a working holiday kind of thing, be an English teacher mm-hmm, yeah, for mm-hmm. 12 months. And just see what it's like. And then I've just never left, and it's been about five years now. Yeah.、Oh, and wow. did, you, did you adapt quickly, or did it take a while to kind of find your feet?、Mm, well, I basically I came as an English teacher, so they have a lot of like、uh, easy, kind of easy pathways to kind of live in Japan. They organize housing for you and all that sort of、mm-hmm. stuff. It's、sure. kind of like their job is just to import foreigners for a year. So it's pretty, everything's kind of. Set up for you in a certain regard, but I think there were some like different day to day things that were hard to adapt to, especially like I'm Australian, so I thought I could handle heat, but Tokyo summer is just <laughs> insane. I don't know, have either of you、really? been to Tokyo? No, no never. No. I've, I've always, always dreamed of going,、yeah. but it's,、yeah. quite, it's quite, quite far away from Britain, so <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> it's,、uh, <laughs> you have to make that bit more, more effort. But yeah, I was really, really hoping to, to go and do a bit of a tour of Japan.、Um, it's been on my sort of li- Yeah. Bucket list, list for ages,、yes. basically.、Yeah. Um, so I was very much looking forward to this episode. But yeah, I mean, I, I know Tokyo kind of gets extremes of weather, right? Yeah.、Uh, it has all the four seasons, which I think a lot of Tokyo tourism <laughs> people love to promote, four distinct seasons. But、um, it definitely does. Tokyo summer here is. Insanely humid. So I remember coming、mm-hmm. and I was a little bit like nervous because I just arrived and I had to meet the manager from the school. And the summer was so hot, I, was, I had to wear like corporate clothes, which is the first time I've ever had to wear、okay. like corporate outfit and like a white <laughs> shirt. And I never knew I could sweat that much. And it was like the most <laughs> embarrassing day of my life having to like leave and get changed and come back. So that was a bit of a shock.、Um, but I don't know, I think it's. Tokyo is like so different, but at the same time, life is relatively easy. I'm sure some people will disagree with that, but in terms of like convenience and figuring stuff out, it's a pretty safe place to find a feet, I think. Sure. Yeah. Cool. And,、um, and, and what did,、um, uh, you know, what were your first impressions of Tokyo? You said you'd been there on holiday before. Yeah.、Um, but actually, kind of moving there and,、uh, you know, living in it, did,、uh, was, it was it kind of. Quite daunting, or was it kind of easy to, to move around? I think I came, yeah, I, I'd come here to ski like so many Australians do, and I came here、mm-hmm. as well to just do the golden route, which is Osaka, Kyoto, and like Tokyo. And so when I came here、mm-hmm. to live, I moved to Yokohama, which is like a little bit outside of Tokyo. It's another city, but it's quite like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. maybe 30 minutes. So kind of, I、mm. think like that was interesting to actually see like a neighborhood Tokyo, because I think a lot of people who visit Tokyo don't. See, like, you know, Shibuya,、yeah. Shinjuku, the main things. So, seeing like yeah. Residential, yeah. residential side of Tokyo is quite, quite interesting. I don't think it was really a, sh-、mm. a shock, but it was quite like, fascinating to see like, little neighborhoods which you just never have exposure to as a tourist, I don't think.、Um, and then I think like, the biggest shocks 
or just really boring admin stuff. So registering yourself <laughs> at City Hall, getting a phone, getting a bank account, all that sort of stuff is just, it's still kind of a mystery to me. So, so you mentioned, I love, I love that exactly as you're saying, kind of leaving the centre of a city and going and finding that real city and those neighbourhoods that people actually live in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are sort of some of your favourite parts of Tokyo? You know, where would you recommend people visit and hang out? That's, I was thinking about this question and I do get asked it kind of often, but it's, Tokyo is like, I, just so many, like a million different cities in one city. Every neighborhood is mm-hmm, so, so mm-hmm. different. So I think it really yeah. depends on like what, what, what you're interested in. So I guess, James and Lucy, what, what are you interested in? Maybe I can tell you what I would recommend. <laughs> okay, so what do you want to see? Start with, start with, uh, we'll start with restaurants. So like where, where if, if you were looking, I know Tokyo has like the most Michelin stars in the world, right? Yeah. But it actually you know, Michelin stars aside and stuff, just good food. Tell me where to go. Good food. Okay. What, 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 what is your favorite food? See, that's it. It's like every oh. area has like a different food. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, I mean, uh, okay. Let's start with like kind of Japanese food. Like where's, where's some like really good, like kind of cheap eats and. Yeah, sure. So I, well, like everything, well, that was another kind of shock for me is everything, like in terms of eating in Japan, you can eat really good for really cheap. I don't know. Mm. I I haven't spent that much time in the UK, but in Australia, at least if you eat, if you want to eat cheap food, cheap food and good food never kind of cross you know, so it's like bad and cheap, That's good, to know. Or good and expensive. Okay. So cheap food is, yeah, really cheap food is the standard is really high. So I think like if you mm. want to eat like a street food, like kind of, I think like, you know, um, like Nippori, which is kind of like old town, they say Shitomachi, which is like downtown area. It wasn't, cousin, mm-hmm. it wasn't impacted by the, the earthquake in like 1923. So it still kind of keeps this old Tokyo cool. area, Tokyo atmosphere. And it has a lot of like street, street food and street snacks, which I think are really great. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely want to go there. And then how about... James and I both love live music mm-hmm. or live yep. entertainment. Where would we go for like, you know, you know, in a in a non-COVID world, where would we go for like a great night of live entertainment? Ah, Non-COVID world, imagine that. I'd say like uh, Shimokitazawa, <laughs> which is maybe like one or two stop, one stop, two stops from Shibuya. It's uh, kind of like this area, they say like Bohemian, which I sound like my mum saying like Bohemian, but it's kind of <laughs> like, it has a lot of like a small live venues and some really great bars. So there's another area called Koenji as well. It used to be like the punk capital and it has a little bit of cool. that okay. vibe okay. still. Yeah. You can just go venue hopping really, but it's really expensive great. to see live music in Tokyo. That's right. I'd fork out anything, whatever. I just want to see some live music. Yeah. Or entertainment. Doesn't matter the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pay. Yeah, that's great. I, I was I was going to say it as well. Like uh, I, I know lots of people have you know obviously been very connected to their cities and outside space and in, in, in the last in the last couple sort of year or so. Um, and Tokyo is quite famous for like there's lots of gardens and green spaces, right? So on a different kind of level. Uh, where would you go for that? Yeah, I think it like yeah. There's so many incredibly beautiful parks in Tokyo. I think my favorite, personally, my favorite park, which is not so beautiful but always interesting, is like Yoyogi Park. So that's near Harajuku Harajuku Station. It's maybe the most famous. It's like Tokyo's 
backyard, I guess. You see the you see the strangest activities there. You see the most unique people. You have it has a lot of like a cherry blossom. So Hanami time is really great there too. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really big park. There's also one that people don't really know, which I love, is called Megaro Sky Garden, and it's basically a park on top of a, maybe a library that's like nine floors high. So that's really amazing to kind of watch the sunset and see like the city mm, skyline yeah. and this like long park that you don't. It feels like never ending. It's amazing, but. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Yeah, Definitely really want to go beautiful. there. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and then how about kind of earlier on, Lucy, you hit on the fact that summer was really hot, um, which I don't think I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular time that people should go to Tokyo? Like, do you recommend a time of year or is it just great all year round if you can manage the heat in summer? I'd say not summer. I'd say not in like that June, <laughs> between like a June and like August. That's why like the Olympics being held around that time is kind of amazing. They had to move, they were planning to move the the marathon I think up north because it's just too hot so you know spring mm. spring is beautiful we're right on the cusp it's just about to become spring we have like a plum oh, blossom so plum blossoms pre cherry blossoms which are beautiful nice. um, so spring is beautiful if you don't have allergies and then winter winter <laughs> is so nice here it's super like the sky is the air is really dry but the sky is like such a crisp beautiful blue it's like actually amazing because like in mm. Australia our winters are so gray and wet but seeing like a beautiful crisp winter is so nice and like autumn is pretty pretty underrated it's it's possibly equally as beautiful as the cherry blossoms i think yeah if you ask locals between like a like cherry blossom time and autumn time maybe they will choose autumn i think really yeah. is that because then they get an influx of tourists in springtime do you think that's why they kind of lean towards maybe <laughs> or is it kind of the, the fire, fiery colors of awesome i think it's the fiery colors i hope it's not they don't want more people here i think people love <laughs> like i think i think a japanese people seem quite like proud of a cherry blossom so i don't think it's that i think it's just it's the the temperature is perfect you know and the the, the fiery colors are insane like kyoto is so so beautiful in yeah. yeah cool um and i i i kind of wanted to ask this question because uh i, I know in lots of people's heads, like Tokyo is many things to many people. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's the geek capital of the world. It's the, um, uh, it's, you know, this really uh, sacred traditional place. It's, um, uh, and I wanted to kind of ask about like some of the stereotypes around Tokyo and if there's any kind of myths you'd like to bust yeah. around, uh, around how people conceive of it outside of Tokyo? I think there's one myth that's maybe dying a little bit now, well, I hope. I, th- I kind of even got caught up in this myth when I first came to visit maybe 2015 was that, you know, Harajuku is Harajuku is this crazy kind of like, a, what is like a Gwen Stefani's Harajuku girls. Yeah. Sunday, yeah, they yeah, all yeah, dress yeah. up and go there. It doesn't <laughs> exist. It like literally doesn't exist. And I think that that's just a trend that kind of passed. And maybe the hangover, the idea is still kind of there. People who haven't been here for 10 years maybe still think it exists. But that definitely doesn't exist. I think also like Japan being like a Tokyo being super high tech is still a little bit of a, a little bit of a like fallacy now. I think there's some things mm-hmm. that are like kind of novel and high tech, like a robot people, robot concierge working in some hotels. But in terms of like tech tech, it's still, it's a little bit, it's kind of falling behind a little bit. For example, like after 10 p.m., sometimes you cannot get money out of your ATM because the bank is shut. 
which is a mystery, <laughs> but also helps if you're I'm... out <laughs> drinking too much, right? It's yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. a safety lock. Go, go, yeah. ho- go home now. That is surprising. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I would have thought that, yeah, that it would be uber high tech. Well, Uber yeah. everywhere. Uber doesn't time. exist in Tokyo. Or in Uber Black does, but regular Uber doesn't exist here. That's another thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's ah. another thing. Oh, right. So that's interesting, interesting too. I also think people think Tokyo is Japan. And, like, there's so much of Japan outside of Japan. There's so many different cultures. So I think people who come to Tokyo think they've been to Japan. And I think maybe they're missing out on a little bit. But Tokyo sure. is still amazing, too. Yeah. I think. Uh, well, I, I mean, actually, that kind of leads quite nicely onto, um, you know, kind of japan it's a, a question about japan itself and like kind of thinking about you know have you managed in the in your five years five six years six years of living <laughs> of living over there have you managed to get about and explore a lot of japan yeah uh, I, I don't mean to create it's only five years but it doesn't really matter i don't really get but anyway so like um <laughs> yeah i have i'm i'm really lucky i think because i came here and started doing uh, travel writing i had a lot of opportunities leading up to the olympics there was a big push because you know they expected mm-hmm. last year they expected 40 million tourists come mm. international inbound tourists which is kind of insane but like as insane, wow. like it's massive so there was a yeah. huge push towards tourism and kind of pushing people out of that that what they call the golden route which is tokyo kyoto osaka sometimes hiroshima and like back because it's really the small a really small portion so there are a lot yeah. of like uh like fam trips and like media trips that i went on like all over japan so i was counting the other day for something and i think i've been to 37 of or 37 of the 47 prefectures so i'm 10 prefectures off like 10 states off clocking it so i've been a couple of wow. i'm lucky enough to have been to a couple of places yeah that that's pretty good going for five years <laughs> yeah <That's> definitely <laughs> right yeah 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 and, and and where kind of uh what what were your favorite parts like what uh where would you recommend going if you were kind of coming into Japan via Tokyo? Where would you mm. uh, say you should definitely head towards? I think like for like a va- va- big vacations, I would say like you have to head like a down south. So there's like the main island of Japan is like a Honshu, which kind of all the mm-hmm. big players are on, and then you have two smaller islands. One is called Shikoku, and one is called Kyushu, and they're both really beautiful. Shikoku has like a really like fascinating kind of like Ia Valley is a really fascinating mountainous area there. They have like, I don't know if you've seen the town. I think it got a little bit famous. There was like a town called like a Nagatoro, I think. And basically like old lady started making dolls because the population was really small. Have you seen this place? Maybe not. Yeah. Do you know, that's not unfamiliar to me. Yeah. Weirdly, that does ring a bell. It got weirdly famous, but basically it was this tiny town that was like the population was decreasing. It's kind of sad, but it's kind of has a happy yeah, ending. So she was making these dolls to kind of replace the people who left or passed away. And this town is kind of spooky. It's all these kind of random dolls. I went there like late last year, but it's creating a lot of tourism too. So I guess it's kind of sure. beneficial. <laughs> but also down yeah. south, south, like towards like Taiwan, there's like Okinawa. I don't know. If you've heard of Okinawa, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, it's insane. The beaches there are like crazy, crazy beautiful. The water's so clean. The culture's quite different. It's a combination of like Chinese culture and Japanese culture. Mm. Food's great. People okay. are laid back. It's like a Fiji, like the Fiji of Japan, kind of. Uh, yeah, very nice. I, I can't. I can't remember where. I've definitely seen like a documentary on like the food. Yeah, okay. um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's got its own like kind of. It's it's a bit separate from the rest of Japan, and they've kind of. Uh, 
you know, develop their own food culture there, which looks quite incredible. Yeah, they do it there. Like, also, like, the, the sushi and sashimi there is incredibly good. But, yeah, they have a completely different food. Everyone there doesn't drink asahi, which is kind of like the main behavior. Everyone drinks, like, Orion, which is kind of like an yeah, Okinawa version. It all tastes the same to me. It all tastes good. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit different. And it's, like, the, the islands that dot around that area are just just incredible. I'm quite surprised because people love going up north to like Niseko for skiing, but it's mm. like the complete opposite down the other end and it's not that famous for international, at least western tourists at the yeah, moment. Because it is a huge country overall. I think we, uh, you know, there, 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 there is going back to kind of myths at birth, like everyone almost thinks of Japan and Tokyo in the same sentence mm-hmm. and thinks, oh, you can easily move around the country mm. from there. But actually, Okinawa is probably a huge flight, right, from yeah. Tokyo, and uh, um, and you know you've got the kind of uh, Hokkaido is the island in the north, which is really far up, you mm-hmm. know, and really kind of extremely cold temperatures. They're very hot. Yeah, it's mm. yeah, it's about three. I think three or four hours to go down down south to Okinawa. So I guess it's kind of far, but like also like like you said, Japan is kind of weirdly long, so it has everything, right, Mm, from the top mm. to the bottom. But I guess coming from Australia, at least, like, we travel three or four hours in a car to get somewhere. It's nothing. Whereas if you travel three or four hours in Japan, you can see so many different things too, which is quite exciting. How about then day trips, Lucy? What kind of day trips can be done from Tokyo? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. There's like a, I love to go in the autumn time, like a, it's called like Ome River. So if you head like, Tokyo is here, it's kind of like north, Northwest, it's like okay. Ome River, mm-hmm. which is a really beautiful river, like an hour and a half out, and you can just kind of do a little walk or a little trek. If you want to go to the beach, there's beaches <clears throat> like Kamakura, which is down south, maybe one hour down south, and like Enoshima, which is another beach town. The beaches are not beautiful, but mm. when it's summer, like the culture is fun. They have kind of like beach houses. It's a party beach kind of. Nice. <laughs> yeah, which is nice. fun. Nice. <laughs> the sand is so grey, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's uh, you know that's that's quite a bit of credit coming from an Aussie as well. If you've heard. <laughs> well, exactly. yeah, the beaches. Yeah, I think maybe I have a higher standards, but also like where <laughs> actually it was a national holiday here on Tuesday, and some friends and I went just like we wanted to go no further than two hours on the train, and we went to this um, mm. area that's like I think it's in Kanagawa, which is like the neighboring state. It's um, called like they have a lot of these kind of I think it's like bubble era, like nineteen eighties, nineties, like amusement parks back when Japan was really mm-hmm. rich and domestic tourism was like really big um, there's like yeah. these kind of like kind of retro but unintentionally retro like amusement parks so one is called like Yomiuri Land which is like near Yokohama which is not so far away <laughs> and the one we went to is called which sounds like a it sounds like a sex shop or something it's called Pleasure Forest so we went to Pleasure Forest <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like a Paddington Bear themed and then like beautiful fairy Hi. lights like it's bizarre yeah. but those sort of things are so funny like it's so I love that unintentionally yeah. kitsch so if you can get out to like yes. Pleasure Forest just have a crack have a go at Pleasure Forest for sure yeah <laughs> So, you know, the name is quite misleading. Or, yeah, you know. oh, it is. I had a lot but of it fun. sounds great. I'd go there. Yeah, yeah. it sounds great. In the, in the very literal sense of the word pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I had a lot of pleasure, but that sounds, no, that sounds odd. It's a very family-friendly destination, yeah. But there's so many things um, too, which is novel. Cool. And, um, uh, and and finally, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of move on to you, um, uh, to COVID and some of the Olympics and, and uh, you know, a more uh, current view of Japan. But, um, but say sort of a year or so ago pre-restrictions pre-curfews and so on uh what would be your kind of 
perfect evening in Tokyo if you could like, or even like a perfect day if you had like an afternoon doing something and let it into an evening? I think like, I think still outside is nice. Like I think I do miss like, which Tokyo doesn't have a lot of is just like a, like a beer gardens and outdoor areas. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think like, you know, having like, I think my perfect afternoon would be maybe having a few like a drinks in the park with some friends kind of like a picnic style and then hop on my bike and one of my friends has a really amazing cafe um called maya maya he's a australian guy and his wife is japanese and they just opened this new cafe almost a year ago now it's like in this tiny neighborhood that's not really well known at all but they've managed to they basically tried to build a cafe around like kind of not the kind of typical Japanese way of using a cafe, which is just very isolated. They wanted to kind of invite people and kind of force everyone to have a conversation, which actually sounds awful, but it actually really works. <laughs> so you meet so many amazing people there. So I would hop on my bike out, head out to like, it's called uh, Higashi Nagasaki. So near Ikebukuro, mm-hmm. in to- like still in central Tokyo, but super neighborhood area and kind of mm-hmm. go to Maya Maya, have a few drinks. They have nice wine, a few local beers, like, yeah music i listened to taylor swift album first time i ever listened to taylor swift really and i actually really enjoyed the new album yeah yeah yeah. folklore i think yeah 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 just need to make sure you've got all your cash out before 10 (laughs) o'clock right yeah (laughs) (laughs) getting too much into the taylor swift then uh, (laughs) i would say head there have a little drink outside always outside and then have enough have not too many drinks that i can still ride my bike home and that's probably it or I would also go out to like a Nichome, which is a really fun nightlife area. It's in Shinjuku. Nichome is like the the gay area of Tokyo is what they call it. So it's a lot of like a whole bunch of tiny bars. It's Golden Guy. It's like the famous tourist area for like tiny bars. But this is kind of tiny bars and nightclubs. And there's such an interesting mix of people, a lot of international people, a lot of like Japanese people all kind of hanging around and milling around this tiny maybe one or two block kind of radius and they have like a lot of mm. interesting bars there's one called New Sazai which I think was on like the Queer Eye recent Queer Eye episode but oh, cool. yeah it has like a Freddie Mercury used to go there that's kind of their claim to fame but it's <laughs> amazing place it's mm, it's really it's really small but it's got such an interesting cross-section of people like you'll be dancing with like people in their 60s 70s cross-dresser straight or gay doesn't matter that's the most amazing little corner i think i love it awesome well um uh yeah uh, that's that sounds like a like two great nights in tokyo (laughs) (laughs) there you go if you're planning an itinerary (laughs) (laughs) yeah Obviously, outside of the current times, and actually, that that brings us on to you know we'll we'll talk about what Tokyo is like mm. right now uh, next. So we're now going to quickly touch on what life is like in Tokyo right now. So, um, Lucy, how has COVID nineteen affected everyday life in Tokyo? It's been a weird one for sure. So basically, like. Uh, We've had like a, everyone's wearing a face mask, so face mask adoption was pretty pretty non non issue here because I think yeah. a lot of people wear it for allergies and also if they feel yeah. feel ugly or whatever you wear a face mask. So that sort mm-hmm. of kind of adjustment wasn't too bad. Um, I think the everyday life is like obviously going in and out of lockdown a lot, which has been happening. It's opened up and everyone's feeling hopeful, and then you know we have a spike and we have to go back into lockdown. So that uncertainty yeah. has been a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, also, which is kind of interesting, is like there's kind of an article in Japan's constitution that says 
that the government can't have too much control over an individual and their actions. So you cannot like force a lockdown in a house, for example. What they did in Australia, you cannot. The government can't force that. So that's interesting. Okay, because over here it's breaking. It's a law, but in Tokyo it's not. Sort of a stay-at-home order isn't a law. No. It's not or kind of, you know... Mm, I don't want to make too many legal, sweeping legal statements because I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> sure. But as, of course. Yeah, <laughs> from my basic research, yeah, there's, it, it was... Yeah, I'm not sure when it was implemented, but basically, yeah, the government doesn't have... Kind of like, you know, the government... Japan also doesn't have an army and stuff like that, but it, has, it doesn't have enough control. It cannot control what the individuals do. So basically, okay. yeah, we can go out of the house. It's not breaking any laws. We can go out for drinks, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. We don't have to wear a mask, like... But it's kind of wild if you don't, because everyone is. It's like being naked or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, that's about, yeah, that's about it, in and out of lockdown, kind of. We had a, oh, I'll talk about it in a little bit. We had a, like a domestic travel campaign, which happened. Well, yeah, I, 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 heard, I heard about that because it was kind of um, obviously, uh, and we'll, we'll again touch on the Olympics soon, mm-hmm. but like, um, but it was supposed to be such a big year for tourism and obviously lots gearing mm-hmm. up to that as you, as you were talking, talking about earlier. So, um, you know, what, what was that kind of domestic tourism campaign like and, and did it work? And did you manage to get out and see any more of the areas as well? Yeah, it was basically, so yeah, I guess just before the, like, you know, in the lead up to the Olympics, so many hotels opened here. Everyone was buying, you know, prepping, getting ready for these 40 Mm -hmm. million tourists that are going to come in. So it was probably like every country's had a really hard time, but in terms of like economy and a shock, I think it's been a huge kind of swing for Japan. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So kind of a way to kind of help, help encourage like a tourism business because tourism is one of the biggest economies here was to yep. encourage people to travel domestically again so there was this thing called the go to travel campaign so basically the government if you wanted to go somewhere say i wanted to go back to okinawa the government would mm-hmm. pay 50 percent of your flights and 50 percent of your accommodation which is pretty great okay. yeah so wow. i had a job at a like some luxury hotel and i think the minimum cost is about 700 us dollars a night but it was at like in september it was at like 70 percent capacity um because a lot of people Mm. were trying to take advantage of these half price deals so i think that worked in terms of helping prop up some businesses but not for everyone of course and like you know these big luxury brands these luxury companies are going to make a lot of money from the tourism because people want to stay there they don't want to stay in those tiny little minchiku that need people that are kind of just scraping by you know so that kind of regard it didn't really work for them then there was some controversy around that but also, yeah, I got to I got to do a few. I, I snuck in a few little trips, sneaky trips. So yeah, it was good. It was great. Good. You know, the, you get vouchers like free money to buy food. They give you if you check into the hotel, they give you like these vouchers, which was the equivalent of like ten dollars. So you could just go and spend that, have a free dinner. Like it was kind of crazy. The deals were crazy. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really nice. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in in Japan, is like domestic tourism much of a thing? I know. Um, I think around the world, one of the kind of effects of tourism of covid really has been that people have been exploring their own backyard a little bit mm. more and because out of necessity really but instead of going you know in the uk instead of doing your summer holiday in france or italy you're going to um you know sort of uh to northern england or to yorkshire yeah. or to or mm. to dorset and, and different places and has, has that kind of uh been the case in japan do people usually leave rather than 
I think a, a stage pan. Mm, yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of like it depends on what type of work you do, but there's still a big like a salary man culture here where you have to work mm. like work overtime and you get like five days. Like when I, at least when I worked as an English teacher, that's the only experience I can compare it to. I had like five days mm. a year to choose. That was it. So you know, like a lot of people pack it in. Like Japanese holidays are. Amazing! Like they'll go to New York for three days, like stuff like that, which blows my mind yeah. completely. So yeah. like, yeah. you know, go in, do this, do this, do this, do this. Like my partner's Japanese, and like I've gone on holidays, and it's just like you pack so much in, it's insane. So that sort of stuff, I think people went overseas to do that. You know, go to go to Paris, see the Eiffel Tower, do this, do that. So I think it's interesting to kind of shift to like domestic tourism and maybe have to slow down a little bit is probably a good thing. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that that's helped. Uh, a lot. I'm. Mm, I think I heard in Niseko up north where all the Australians go to ski. Also, a lot of people were there skiing. So Japanese people, obviously. So I think that people are exploring a bit more. Yeah. And is the absence of tourists has that been really noticeable or or or, or not? Uh, it, yeah, it has been, especially in like like main main tourism tourists tourist areas. So like for example, yeah. like Shibuya Crossing, or some people say Shibuya Scramble, like that big area. Yes, it yes. feels like it's. I I ride through there every day because it's between like my house and my office. So I've seen it change like over the past like year two two years or whatever and like to see all these people just taking pics and getting the pic i love used to love watching the tourists run to the middle before the lights turn red completely and get the photo <laughs> and so like i'm like dodging in between on my bike so that was that i'm i kind of miss that that's always entertaining like to watch that but you know like shibuya scramble is completely it's like I'd say maybe 30%, 40% of what it usually is during a tourist mm-hmm. time. Wow. And like Harajuku, yeah. so t- like uh, the, Har- the street in Harajuku is called, it's, I always feel like I'm swearing when I say it, but like Takashita Dori is always like usually busy. It's pretty empty too. A lot of the places are shut down, down that kind of tourism, okay. tourist area. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think for quite a lot of people who live in, live in big cities like Tokyo, like um, the absence of tourists is... is, is Whereas it's like really eerie, you're also kind of able to get about and explore a bit and actually see what these places look like without yeah. people. Um, has that been the same in Tokyo? Or, I mean, Tokyo has such a massive population that I imagine things might still be quite busy anyway. But. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think like there has been some, I'm trying to think like recently whether there's been anything in particular that I've got to explore because tourists haven't been there. But like there's a place called like a Genki Sushi, which is like super cheap sushi place, which is like, even like I said, cheap food is still pretty good, so I still like it. I'm not mm-hmm. no sushi connoisseur, but I'm a sushi fan. So those sort of places being empty is really, really interesting and kind of sad. But I think for me and like for my everyday life, for like tourists not being here isn't hasn't like or tourists being here actually isn't really a great hindrance to like where I go and what I see and what I do. Mm. Not that I'm like such a super local Japanese or something like that. It's just kind of the fact of these are the tourist areas so most people kind of funnel into there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. And um and and uh have you kind of been able to sort of personally uh due to sort of I know you said it's not really a lockdown but it's kind of lockdown <laughs> uh being able to explore sort of new sides to Tokyo yourself. I, I think so. Yeah, I a lot of like I love to get around the city like on my bike because mm. it's I don't mm. really do a lot of exercise otherwise. But it's so great. Like I don't have to wear a helmet, which is so novel. But and it's dangerous, but it's also comfortable. But also I think just like seeing 
because like I said before, like Tokyo is like so, so many different cities and like the best way to kind of get around the city is to just get around by bike because there's so, mm. so many things to see and stop at and look at. And like, even when I go with Japanese friends, we always like, I recently discovered this area, which is literally down the back of my apartment, which I've just never, ever been because there's so many other places to explore. So just exploring the back streets has been really exciting, which sounds sad, but it's actually exciting. No, no, not at all. I think, <laughs> you know, James and I, we've said exactly the same thing when we've been in lockdown it's just actually you really rely on what's around right. you and and rediscovering those places and it's it's somehow really satisfying to explore your own backyard there's something about it that's sort of strange I mean don't get me wrong I want to have a change of scene but it's something a bit magical <laughs> yeah. about really getting to know kind of the corner of your city yeah right so you many feel- interesting things I just walk past all the time it's uh, yeah exactly you never stop and actually look at that building and read that plaque or you know yeah. discover this amazing little park that you didn't realize was there beforehand right and when it's within walking distance I feel like you have a weird little kind of ownership over it if it's near you you're like yeah. oh this is, could be my yeah. local even if I just if I'm too lazy to go there again. But yeah, I think that there's that exciting <laughs> feeling for sure. And and I, I mean, you mentioned about getting around uh, Tokyo by bike. I never knew Tokyo was I, in my head. And maybe this is a myth to be busted as well, <laughs> that uh, Tokyo is like super busy, loads of cars and stuff like that. And I didn't realize it was easy enough to get around by bike. It's kind of dangerous, I guess. Like it's, <laughs> and, it's but it's like a, like a, where I live is like close to a bus, but not close, like 10 minutes walk, which seems kind of far to a train station. So for me, mm. like my like neighborhood and where I go, like I live just north of Shibuya. I work in an area called Omotesando, mm. which is just the other end of Shibuya. So like my commute is really, really close. Like there's a lot of trains and the train network is great. But once you have to switch between trains, you lose time. So it's bike friendly if you're brave and stupid, I think. But it's not like a bike friendly city, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm very stupid. Good to know, okay. good to know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, um, has there been kind of um, uh, obviously lots of places around the world are getting a bit of optimism from uh, from vaccinations we talked about the, the vaccination program a little bit before and you were saying it's kind of starting or just about to start mm, the news is a little bit mixed yeah but it's starting I think yeah it's either starting just now or it's starting in March I think so basically they want to have Health, work, health workers vaccinated and then like yeah like we mentioned that elderly population which is quite a huge chunk of japan's population yeah. mm. and then after that yeah. people over 16 so it's a slowly slowly but i think yeah it'll be happening but whether mm. is there some optimism around that lucy mm, i think uh there's not like in general, like a conversation-wise, people aren't super, super, don't really like a politically one way or the other. But I think people are kind of just don't have a, a huge, huge lot of confidence because there's just been a lot of back and forth. And I think this happens with so many okay. different countries, right? So it's hard mm. to yeah. know exactly where. But I think, yeah, I haven't really had a discussion like I have with my family back in Australia about like, oh, yeah, we're going to like the vaccination's happening. This is going to happen. With, I haven't really had that discussion with my friends here. So I think it's a little bit different. Why I don't know. I'm not. I'm not much of a sociologist, <laughs> so I can't really say why. But I think, yeah, it's just a fact. Cool. Okay. And um, uh, and I guess finally for this sort of section, you talked a little bit about like kind of, um, you know, local businesses and um, and people going to big fancy hotels versus sort of the smaller ones and stuff. But in Tokyo itself, like obviously, there's there's a massive range of like kind of 
shops, restaurants, uh, bars, and 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 everything else. And have have local businesses kind of been okay in the last year? I know they were obviously expecting a bit of a boom, and has there been a bit of trouble there? I think like a local local businesses, like super local businesses, kind of places mm-hmm. with like a no English, the only regulars go to. I think in some regard they've been okay i think the businesses that haven't done so well are kind of the businesses that are based that have been propped up by international tourism so like in harajuku yeah. there's a place called like the kawaii monster cafe and it was like this kind of crazy like candy acid trip cafe where they have like rainbow colored spaghetti with chocolate sauce and all those sort of places where you're not going to go there for a casual lunch so those places yeah, yeah, like that yeah. shut down <laughs> a lot of like harajuku's crepe a couple of harajuku's like crepe shops shut down like um okay yeah in Akihabara like the geek area some of the like uh, one of the main like the Sega building one of them shut down so also like uh, I don't know if you know about Mario Kart Tokyo has like a Mario Kart so yes I've seen this yeah yeah (laughs) so it's like people love it it's like uh you know you're driving around the city in go-karts like it's I can't believe it actually exists. Like the legality and the safety is crazy. It's literally people in like onesies, animal onesies, driving like actual go-karts through the city, through like through Shinjuku. And like, it's like, I didn't honestly, like I have friends that had the It's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. And people had like, and it's the legality of the copyright has been really strange because it's like called Mari Car. So it's not, it's been sued by Nintendo. But I think before, (laughs) it's been sued by Nintendo before, but I think because they were making so much money from tourism that they can kind of pay the lawsuits and change it a bit and kind of get away with it. Because the month, like nonstop, they were cruising through the city like all day, all night. And now it's it's finished it's collapsed so i think like the lawsuits plus the fact that like tokyo like you know you're not going to have a bunch of residents just cruising to work in a go-kart so <laughs> even though maybe that's one but that that's shut down too so okay yeah. so it's more kind of yeah businesses that really <laughs> like that that only exist really for um uh for outsiders and actually i guess within people's local areas because you have been able to move about a bit uh, they've been relatively fine touchwood i think to some degree, yeah, like people were doing takeout and I think like some people like some of the government mm. support was okay. So I think like super local stuff is still going to be here when, when you both decide to come. So it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Very pleased to hear it. Fantastic. Cool. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
With the Summer Olympics uh, hopefully going ahead this summer, what's next for Japan? Um, so, Lucy, I wanted to kind of uh, almost go through the boring stuff first. Um, uh, so when travellers kind of, uh, you know, return, hopefully, and fingers crossed, they will do. And have the Japanese government sort of mentioned anything about kind of like long-term quarantining, PCR tests and COVID tests and etc.? Yeah, so um, everything changes all the time, right? So I'm not too sure exactly what the situation is right at this moment. But in terms of like watching people, like making sure they're quarantining and everything, I had friends that came from, that went to London for Christmas. They came back, they did a four days quarantine and they were supposed to do home quarantine and they were naughty and they Mm -hmm. didn't and it's kind of bad so the government isn't really watching like i know some places have tracking and all that sort of stuff so it's not really strict Mm -hmm. in terms of like watching what you're doing which is kind of a little bit i think a bit of a going to be a bit of a downfall um yeah yeah, i think like i honestly think japan is probably so desperate for tourists that they'll most likely at least what i can compare to say australia is they'll probably open up before say australia opens up because okay. the need is kind of there. Um, COVID tests here are really expensive to buy too. They're about like, mm. Mm, if you're exposed to someone with COVID but you don't have the symptoms you have to, if, and you want to get a test, it's about 400 US dollars. So it's quite expensive. Oh, really? That is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, so if you don't have any symptoms. So I think, yeah, in terms of like when people can travel again and stuff, I think the feeling is a little bit more relaxed but still numbers are low so we're kind of in that lucky situation so i think people are hoping you know we're going to know about the olympics in may where the foreign people can come so that's what their ultimate dream is but i think the reality is probably quite far off Mm. So, so the Olympics are definitely happening. <laughs> the government says the Olympics are happening. The government says the Olympics are happening, but I think the people say no, they're not happening, or they don't want them to happen. You know, so mm, they don't mm. want people to come. Like honestly, I think that you know older generation and stuff, especially like sorry, but people from like the UK that have a different strain, or people from the US where it's just a different yeah. world, is just mm-hmm. like I think yeah. that the risk worth the reward is probably not necessarily there so in terms of like the encouragement for it to happen i don't think it's gonna happen i think yeah i think 31 the recent poll like nhk which is like our kind of bbc of japan did a poll mm-hmm. and about yeah. like 30 plus people said that they want it just to either be cancelled or just not happen which is quite high 30 yeah. percent said that yes yeah. right yeah that, that is quite high i mean yeah so, um I, I guess in terms of are people more in favour of like delaying it to next year potentially Mm. or is that just kind of seen as another you know uh annoyance in a way i think that it's i think that if it i think if it doesn't happen this year because there's so many other things there's like a world cup and some other international sports event happening in 2022 if it doesn't happen this year it's not going to happen so i think it's like like yeah the the decision I think the government's saying it's going to go ahead regardless. And then they're saying if, yeah. mm-hmm. if foreign people come in, we'll let you know by May. But then, you know, it happens in July, August. So that's so, mm. like, uh, in Japanese. Yeah, it's not very long. Yeah, they say giddy giddy, which is just, like, just in time. So it's too short. So I don't think it's going <laughs> to It's giddy giddy. It's not going to happen. So let's let's see. It's sad, though, because the stadium is beautiful, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. you know, it was at half of the, half of the cancelled Olympics. So there's been, like, four cancelled Olympics in the world two of them are japan so it hasn't had good luck oh, no really? it hasn't had it <laughs> yeah but uh-huh. i didn't realize that oh that's really tough poor japan it's a little bit 
Uh, I guess as well, there's been so much preparation over the years. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, do, do people feel a, a bit disappointed? Was there much excitement for hosting it? Mm, I think there was just too much of a drag. So I think like if it was cancelled and then that's it, it's like disappointment. But now it's like kind of just like dragging it out and dragging it out. That people, I think the hope kind of just slowly, slowly, slowly diminishes and then it's just going to fade away, yeah. which sounds really sad. But, you know, if it said no, then everyone has a heartbreak and the crying and everything. But it's kind of like ghosting on us or something we don't really know where it's at right yeah mm. well, we'll just have to see i guess <laughs> yeah. um, and see, right? see what happens really yeah. um and i know um and again we sort of talked about this off, off microphone earlier a little bit but like um uh but uh certainly over here like tokyo is like right at the top of loads of people's lists of where they want to visit after the pandemic are there kind of things that we can kind of look forward to in sort of like let's say 2022 yeah. outside of the olympics that um that uh, people can maybe visit or see or you know other particular times of next year that might be might be worth visiting in well like uh super nintendo world just opened in osaka so you have that it's like uh mario <laughs> themed but in like universal studios also like yeah like i think maybe i mentioned earlier like in the lead up to the olympics there were a lot there was a lot of like construction and we have like even in shibuya there's a mm. whole bunch of new buildings that came up waiting for the tourists there's a lot of like kind of this big push to like new like a lifestyle kind of modern lifestyle hotel so like we just got an ace hotel in kyoto there's like a new hotel okay. in like, mm-hmm. sh- like shibuya so that kind of like modern hotels like so many of those kind of lifestyle spaces opened up so yeah yeah mm, they're the kind of the main things like it's ready for tourists it's kind of ready and waiting for yeah. everyone to come so yeah i guess that infrastructure must be almost uh, i know it's uh, the tourist infrastructure in Tokyo and Japan was huge anyway, but yeah. it must be kind of super huge now. Super, super huge, yeah, for sure. There's a few areas, like this area called Miyashita Park, which is near Shibuya Station, and it's like this whole kind of, un- like, Tokyo Yokocho, which is kind of like drinking alleyway street that they created, and this, like, amazing, like, roof, like, kind of high up open garden area. So it's a lot of construction, and everything's kind of waiting for mm. tourists. So, yeah, when you visit, cool. you have to come and enjoy absolutely we will we'll we'll add it to our list (laughs) for sure for sure and um and and how about you in the kind of future are are you kind of are you sticking around tokyo for now for the foreseeable i think so i don't think australia's gonna want me to come back there for a visit right now but i think i think so like i obviously like i would love to be able to get out of japan but also like a lot of my work i'm lucky enough to be able to go on so many trips within japan it's quite a good place to be trapped i think so in terms of the freedom of movement but also kind of the relatively low number of cases plus you know the amazing things you can see just a few hours outside of Tokyo so I'll stay here for a while then I'll hopefully go back and visit my family maybe when it's possible so that's kind of my plan for now hang around for a bit cool yeah as you say I think there's definitely worse places to be uh, sort <laughs> yeah. of locked down yeah. and, uh, and uh, yeah for sure and uh, good that you're still managing to get around and explore maybe you'll get to see those what five or so uh areas that you haven't visited yet yeah right my whole 10 10 prefectures yeah i'll try and clock 10 them. prefectures the whole it. 10 that's prefectures it. yeah yeah i'll try and clock those that sounds cool that's my plan. 
Awesome. Uh, well, uh, on that note, uh, thank you very much for joining us. I think, uh, you know, me and Lucy have learned loads about Tokyo. Yeah. Um, if, you know, I already wanted to visit, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sold. You've really <laughs> whetted my... More than whetted my appetite, Lucy. <laughs> I cannot wait to visit at some point, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, a uh, you know, you've really painted a really lovely picture of the city and yeah. and the kind of city that you don't always hear about as well. Um, yeah, and just before you go, actually, uh, I know you and uh, you've been working with some, the team at DK on a book recently. So um, we have mentioned our like local series a few times on the podcast before. It should be coming out later this year. Um, but you've been kind of uh, you know helping to mastermind uh, like a local Tokyo, right? That's it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like I was saying to Lucy off mic before, it's my first book. So it's the first book that oh. I have my name on it. So my mom is very proud and I'm excited <laughs> to see it on the shelves. It's been a lot of fun. Like, uh, yeah, working with Zoe, the other editor, is so easy to work yeah. with. And yep. it's such a great opportunity to kind of showcase these parts of Tokyo that don't necessarily, you know, some, some publications or magazines are more interested in the like, main tourist area. So it's so great to showcase these areas that otherwise maybe wouldn't get as much attention as they definitely deserve. And and, wow. and from what you were saying earlier, like Tokyo sounds like it's got, there's so much to explore outside of those kind of main tourist areas and, and you know, a lot that's maybe not known about, which I'm quite fascinated to read about. Right. And I, you know, I like, I've lived here for like five years in Tokyo and I do a, spend a lot of my time writing about Tokyo. But even doing this podcast, I feel like I don't even know anything about Tokyo because it's such a big city, you know, so it's kind of, but that's what also makes it great, I guess. Maybe I have imposter But you, there's always something... Yeah, maybe there's there's always just something new to explore. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. Well, well, yeah. That book should come out later in the year. We'll be. I'll be definitely reading it for one. <laughs> nice. um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, good luck with it, Lucy. I, I know uh, lots and lots of work has gone into it, and and other Lucy has been working on it too. Right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, um, uh, so thanks very much for joining us uh, today. Um, thanks, Lucy. All thanks. the way from Tokyo and. And best of luck with the rest of, uh, of, of sort of lockdown and, uh, and vaccinations and so on. And maybe Olympics. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll Thank you. Thank you so much for both of you for the time too. So a huge thank you to Lucy, uh, to the other Lucy, obviously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was brilliant. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Yes, and obviously uh, Tokyo Like a Local is coming out later this year, which is really exciting, which Lucy's worked very hard on. Very, very excited to read it. I think uh, I think more so now than ever, really. Um, Definitely, yeah. Inspired to plan a future trip to Tokyo? Whether you want to watch traditional Japanese theatre, sample in Michelin-starred cuisine, or take an unforgettable trip to Mount Fuji, your DKR Witness Travel Guide makes sure you experience all that Tokyo has to offer. Find it in all good retailers or via the link in our episode bio. So once again, a massive thank you to Lucy Damon for joining us for this week's episode. Huge thank you to Lucy. And uh, you can join us next time where we'll be discussing uh, Nashville. Yeah. So we'll be going across across the pond, yep. um, going to a, a city that's kind of synonymous with like music, with, yep. uh, with nightlife and with all the things that we've kind of been missing yes, uh, bring a hell it on. of a lot over the, over the last year <laughs> or so. Uh, so yeah, definitely bring it on. I'm, I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, so you can join us in a fortnight's time uh, for that. Yeah. And until then, uh, we'll see you very soon. See you soon.
Words to Gay was produced by the team at DK Witness and presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.